and you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan, and today I am joined by Sherry Brabant. Say hi, Sherry. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into what we noticed today. Sure. I work here at Worship Center. I've been here for, I think, over five years now as a student ministry assistant. I think that's my title. Yeah, student of course. Ministries something. <laughs> So I work with the middle school and high school. I work with you and Heather Bivens. I get to work with so, Sherry all the time, all but the she's time. not actually on the podcast very often. No, once she's, before. She's usually sick of me by the time it's time to do podcasting. So You know what's funny, though? The last time I was on, you had me reading a whole bunch of genealogies, <laughs> and that's what we're going into today. So, so Sherry thinks there's only genealogies in the Bible, I think. <laughs> Um, so we did we did read a ton of of literally just genealogies. I mean, if you're if you're pregnant, it's probably a great passage to look at to see what you want to name your kid. Um, some of them hold the test of time. Actually, most of them don't. So maybe don't get your hopes up. Uh, but as we read through this, Sherry, what did you notice? Yeah. Um, so what I like is how it ends with Ruth. Um, today's reading ends the book of Ruth, and bef- what I liked about it is that it goes then into Chronicles because it sets up the reading of first Samuel to me and going into Hannah's story. Um, and to me, it just connects like God's, the historical reliability of the Bible and God's plan all along. And that leads us to David's story. And then, and then Jesus, um, because like I admitted to Ryan just a few minutes ago, when I used to read the Bible, I would skip over every single time genealogies came up and reading those which makes a lot of sense because these are these are even hard words to read in your head. That is so true. They are very <laughs> hard words. Um, but um, I don't know if I read it somewhere or just or somebody taught me like the importance. These are real people, mm-hmm. and God's word is inspired. The Bible is God's inspired word, and there's a reason He put these people in there, and they they truly are real people, and it just shows that historical concept and the story of redemption all along, and. What I do like about ending in Ruth, Ruth to me is a story of redemption. And so we are going from a story of one person's redemption um, into like the overall theme of the Bible of redemption for us. And I love that. So that's kind of what caught my eye. It's really good. Um, I, I love how you can like bring some value to all these <laughs> all the genealogies because <laughs> uh, there is there's a ton of value there. And the people that the people that originally would have read this. One, they wouldn't have had a hard time pronouncing the names. True. And two, they would have actually known who these people were. Right. So, like, it, it's much closer to their history. Now, there's there's some very old history in this passage, but they they would know some of these names, mm-hmm. and it would bring them a lot of context, mm-hmm. and it sets up the story of David really, really well. Um, we end Ruth. So, we, we end uh, what well, we actually start out with the end of Ruth. But what's interesting in Ruth chapter 4, to me, is that the focus of the passage is actually Naomi, not Ruth. Mm-hmm. So you get the beginning of the book of Ruth. You meet Naomi. Her sons have just died. She has nothing. She's like ready to return in shame. The end of the book of Ruth now is that Naomi now has a grandson. She takes care of him as if he's his own son. And it is presented in a way that there has been this this cycle of redemption, right. really. Um, I mean, one, because of the way that God is working, but two, because Boaz is faithful in a time of really, really really unfaithful people. Um, basically, what we do then is we uh, we get this little bit of a tagline that gives us the the idea that we're looking forward to David. It says, and they, they named him Obed. So this is, um, 
um, the, the child's name was Obed. He became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. So it, it's looking ahead to, oh, this king is coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we jump into Chronicles, like Sherry already said, and you get name after name after name. Um, it is historical context to get us to a place where we can enter to the next story, knowing like who these people are. Uh, but one thing we noticed, I think it kind of stuck out to both of us. Yes. You kind of read these you know, names and territories. And it is, it's, it's a huge exhaustive list, but you get to this piece. It's uh first Chronicles four. Um, let me see, starting in verse nine, um, you get this Jabez passage where it's like you, you literally people just get this quick little blip. They get their name and then the name of their descendants. Mm-hmm. But Jabez actually gets like a little mini story. Um, so we looked into this. And we're like, what is this little mini story about? And I think it got, that got your attention too, right? It did because I was, as Ryan's, you know, reading the passage today, it's just name after name after name. And again, like Ryan said, it just names like who the descendant was. Um, but it doesn't really say anything about them. And all of a sudden you have this Jabez and tells about his birth was very painful. And then about how he prayed. Yeah. That wasn't mentioned with anybody else. Nobody like, else got any story, yes, not, like nothing. nothing at all. So it was, to me, that really stood out. Yeah. So Jabez actually got, like, there's there's a little tiny book, The Prayer of Jabez, you might know about, um, that it made its rounds for a while. I haven't seen it a lot recently. No, it was years ago. Um, but that comes from this. Uh, basically, what people focus on or what people notice is that he prayed this short little prayer and God answered his prayer. And so his prayer actually was, it says, he was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. Oh, I got to turn the page. Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all the trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. Um, What's interesting about Jabez is he does pray this simple little prayer, but actually what's most interesting about him is that he lives in the time of the judges. And so as we've read through uh, the book of Judges, the book of Ruth, what we do know is that Judges is marked by just incredible spiritual darkness. Um, we got this repeating line, everybody does what's right in their own eyes. Um, and the book just gets darker and darker and darker. So anytime we meet somebody who is faithful in that time, um, we get to know them a little bit better because they're an example of being faithful in difficult times. And so Jabez prays this prayer. It's pretty, pretty bold. It's pretty open. Like, God, look at me, like, please expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do. Uh, But in his context, it's even more important because there's not many believers at this time. And you get this guy who's crying out saying like, God, I just actually want to be with you. I don't want to be with Baal. I don't want to be following Ashtoreth. I want to follow God and all that he does. So it's this incredible picture of faithfulness. Um, and I think it's 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 a great example to follow for us to be faithful in difficult times. I don't know that it means that anytime we ask for literally anything, God will give us literally <laughs> anything. Uh, but I think it's a great example of continuing to be faithful through challenges because the time when Jabez lived was definitely challenging. Um, we get a little bit more of genealogy after Jabez, uh, and then we get into 1 Samuel. So we enter into 1 Samuel 1. Uh, we get introduced to Elkanah, uh, and we get introduced to Paniah and Hannah, uh, and we re- that's really all that happens today. Um, but basically what today is, is a bridge from the book of Ruth to the book of 1 Samuel uh, that is ultimately a story about uh, King David and God's continuing redemptive plan. Uh, is there anything else that you noticed in all that stuff? Um, no, just to me that the Jabez and, and then the beginning of the story of Hannah, um, like just a real snippet of Hannah in that beginning of 
First Samuel that sets us up for this story. Just um, and it's not like even flattering for Hannah. It's you know she was crying tears. Um, he would only give her one choice of portion because the Lord had given her no children. I thought that was odd, um, but it's like oh wow, poor Hannah. Um, so you see this this very almost downtrodden person. Um, she wouldn't eat, you know, that sort of, that sort of thing. So leading to eventually a very great story is kind of what captured captured my eye at the end then. Yeah. And that, yeah. that gets us into First Samuel. We're going to be into First Samuel for a bit. Um, so we're we're really entering into kind of a new period of Israel, of the 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 people following God, this period of kingdoms. Uh, which is unique, and we'll cover a couple books. It's really First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles. All kind of cover um, some of that kingdom stuff. So we'll be in this period for a little bit, and we're looking forward to continuing with it. So I uh, hope you got something out of today. We'll see you again tomorrow. Bye. Today we're reading from Ruth chapter four, starting in verse thirteen. So Boaz took Ruth into his home, and she became his wife. When he slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant, and she gave birth to a son. Then the women of the town said to Naomi, Praise the Lord, who has now provided a Redeemer for your family. May this child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law, who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. Naomi took the baby and cuddled him to her breast, and she cared for him as if he were her own. The neighbor women said, Now at last Naomi has a son again, and they named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. This is the genealogical record of their ancestor Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz. Boaz was the father of Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David. The sons of Hezron were Jeremiel, Ram, and Caleb. Ram was the father of Aninadab. Aninadab was the father of Nashon, a leader of Judah. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz. Boaz was the father of Obed. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse's first son was Eliab, his second son was Abinadab, his third son was Shemiah, his fourth was Nathaniel, his fifth was Radai, his sixth was Ozem, his seventh was David. Their sisters were named Jeruiah, Abigail, and Zeruiah had three sons named Abishai, Joab, and Ashiel. Abigail married a man named Jerothir from the Ishmaelite, and they had a son named Amasa. Hezron's son Caleb had sons from his wife Azubah, and they were from Jerioth. Her sons were named Jeshur, Shohab, and Ardon. After Azubah died, Caleb married Ephrathah, and they had a son named Hur. Hur was the father of Uri. Uri was the father of Baziel. When Hezron was 60 years old, he married Gilead's sister, the daughter of Mekir. They had a son named Sagub. Sagub was the father of Jer, who ruled 23 towns in the land of Gilead. But Geshur and Aram captured the towns of Jer and also took Kanath and its 60 surrounding villages. All these were descendants of Mekir, the father of Gilead. Soon after Hezron died in the town of Caleb Ephrathah, his wife Abijah gave birth to a son named Asher, the father of Tekoa. The sons of Jerumiel, the oldest son of Hezron, were Ram, the firstborn, Buna, Orin, Ozem, and Ahijah. 
Jamil had a second wife named Atara. She was the mother of Onam. The sons of Ram, the oldest son of Jermiel, were Maz, Jamin, and Eker. The sons of Onim were Shemai and Jada. The sons of Shemai were Nadab and Abishur. The sons of Abishur and his wife Abihail were Aban and Molid. The sons of Nadab and Seled were Apiam. Seled died without children, but Apam had a son named Ishi. The son of Ishi was Shishan. Shishan had a descendant named Ali. The sons of Jada, Shemai's brother, were Jether and Jonathan. Jether died without children, but Jonathan had two sons named Peleth and Zaza. These were all descendants of Jeremiel. Sheshan had no sons, though he did have daughters. He also had an Egyptian servant named Jarha. Sheshan gave one of his daughters to be the wife of Jarha, and they had a son named Atai. Atai was the father of Nathan, Nathan the father of Zabad, Zabad the father of Ephlal, Ephlal the father of Obed, Obed was the father of Jehu, Jehu was the father of Azariah, Azariah was the father of Helaz, Helaz the father of Elasa, Elasa the father of Sismai, Sismai the father of Shalom, Shalom the father of Jechmiah, Jechmiah the father of Elashima. The descendants of Caleb, the brother of Jaramiel, included Mesha, the firstborn, who became the father of Ziph. Caleb's descendants also included the sons of Marsha, the father of Hebron. The sons of Hebron were Korah, Tapua, Rechem, and Shema. Shema was the father of Raham. Raham was the father of Jorkiam. Rechem was the father of Shemai. The son of Shemai was Mon. Mon was the father of Beth Zur. Caleb's concubine, Ephah, gave birth to Haran, Moza, and Gazez. Haran was the father of Gazez. The sons of Jadai were Regum, Jotham, Geshen, Pelet, Ephah, and Saf. Another of Caleb's concubines, Maka, gave birth to Shabir and Tirhana. She also gave birth to Shaf, the father of Madmana, and Shiva, the father of Mikbana and Gibeah. Caleb also had a daughter named Aksa. These were all descendants of Caleb. The sons of Hur, the oldest son of Caleb's wife, Ephthah, were Shobal, the founder of kiriath Jiriam, Salma, the founder of Bethlehem, and Harapah, the founder of Beth-Gadar. The descendants of Shobal, the founder of kiriath Jiliam, were Hero, half of the Mahananites, and the father of kiriath Jiriam, the Ithranites, the Puthites, the Shamathites, the Mishrahites, all which came from the people of Zorah and Eshtol. The descendants of Salma were the people of Bethlehem, the Netophathites, Erothbeth-Shoab, the other half of the Mehanites, the Zorites, and the families of scribes living at Jabez, the Tirathites, Shimathites, and Sukathites. All these were Kenites who descended from Hamath, the father of the family of Rechab. The descendants of Judah were Perez, Hezron, Carmi, Hur, and Shobal. Shobal's son, Reiah, was the father of Jahath. Jahath was the father of Ahumaya and Lahad. These were the families of the Zorathites. The descendants of Etam were Jezreel, Ishma, Idbash, their sister Hezpoloni, Penuel, the father of Gedor, and Ezer, the father of Husha. There were, these were the descendants of Hur, the firstborn of Ephrathah, the ancestor of Bethlehem. Asher, the father of Tekoa, had two wives named Hila and Nara. Nara gave birth to Ahazam, Hefer, Tamini, and Hashtari. 
Hila gave birth to Zerith, Izar, Ethan, and Koz, who became the ancestor of Anub, Zoba, and all the families of Arharel, son of Haram. There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because of his birth had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do, and keep me from all the trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. Kalub, the brother of Shua, was the father of Mehir. Mehir was the father of Eshton. Eshton was the father of Beth Rapha, Pasia, and Temina. Temina was the father of Irnahash. These were the descendants of Rekha. The sons of Kenaz were Othniel and Syria. Othniel's sons were Hahath and Mahonathai. Mahonathai was the father of Orpha. Sariah was the father of Joab, the founder of the Valley of Craftsmen, so-called because they were craftsmen. The sons of Caleb, son of Jephunneh, were Uru, Elah, and Nam. The son of Elah was Kenaz. The sons of Jehula were Ziph, Zipha, Tyria, and Asriel. The sons of Ezra were Jether, Mirid, Ephor, and Jalan. One of Mirid's wives became the mother of Miriam, Shemai, and Ishba, the father of Eshtemoa. He married a woman from Judah who became the mother of Jared, the father of Gedor, Heber, the father of Soko, and Jethniel, the father of Zenoah. Mirid also married Bithia, a daughter of Pharaoh, and she bore him children. Hodiah's wife was the sister of Naham. One of her sons was the father of Kilia the Garmite, and another was the father of Eshtemoa the Makathite. The sons of Shimon were Amnon, Rinna, Bethanon, and Tilon. The descendants of Ishi were Zoheth and Ben-Zoheth. Shelah was one of Judah's sons. The descendants of Shelah were Ur, the father of Lecha, Lada, the father of Maritha, and the families of linen workers of Beth Ashbia. Jochim, the men of Kozabah, and Joash and Seraph, who ruled over Moab and Jerobethim. These names all come from ancient records. They were the pottery makers who lived in Netaim and Gadara. They lived there and worked for the king. There was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah in the region of Zuf in the hill country of Ephraim. He was the son of Jeroam, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth of Ephraim. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Paniah. Paniah had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of meat to Paniah on each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Paniah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Paniah would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having ten sons? 
Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcast at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you, and if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.